Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Hey guys, welcome. It's time for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. We've had an absolutely perfect Formula 1 week. Bahrain and then China. Yes, hello everyone. We have actually had a perfect week in Formula 1 and of Formula 1. But if you're Max Verstappen or Mercedes, the week or rather the first month of Formula 1 has been far from perfect. Kunal, you can add Force India to that list. <laughs> Well, are we even going to then talk about Williams? No. <laughs> we can actually also add Charles Leclerc to that list. Oh yes, that guy needs to stop overdriving the Formula One car. But I'll tell you one thing that I would not add to the list of people who've not had a perfect month in Formula One, and that's the Inside Line Formula One podcast. So Woo-hoo. three Grand Prix in, we have got nearly thirty thousand listens on our shows already. So. Thank you everyone for your listens, your shares, your criticism, your feedback and for your love. So this week we have a really exciting episode. We're going to talk about Liberty Media and their plans for Formula 1. And yes, we will of course have the what Toto Wolff said this week section and uh, before that we will definitely be celebrating Daniel Ricciardo's win in China because he is the happiest driver in Formula 1 and like I was reading somewhere he is Formula 1's clown prince. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So the entire paddock is now talking about Max Verstappen or oh, the irony of it. So Daniel Ricciardo wins the race but we still talk about Max Verstappen and how he has made mistakes in the three races that have been held this season or rather a mistake each in each of the three races held this season. And uh What the paddock is actually also missing out on is the fact that Mercedes has made mistakes in each of the three races as well. Yeah, and I don't think this includes Bottas's qualifying mistake in Australia. Oh come on, we should Because it's Bottas. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> no, but we should definitely let Valtteri Bottas be because he has beaten the Lewis Hamilton twice in two races in qualifying and then of course on Sunday in the race. and uh, i'm going to touch upon mercedes's three mistakes so the first one was in australia when they had a race strategy error that saw vettel snatch the win from hamilton the second one was in bahrain where they couldn't actually call ferrari's one stopping strategy and in fact fans probably found out of ferrari's strategy way before mercedes did and the third one was in china where they covered ferrari very well when it comes to when it came to tire strategy but they forgot that red bull racing was racing too that's a really interesting list kunal i think i'm going to add to it testing with only medium tires and i'm wondering if this is why mercedes has been beaten in qualifying this significantly this season oh yes and uh, when it comes to race strategy maybe mercedes haven't been pushed as much in the last few years and hopefully they've shaken the dust off already 
Yeah, you know, Mercedes's challenge for a long time has only been internal. I think it was about whether Rosberg and Hamilton will drive each other off the race track or attack each other with like flying helmets or what. <laughs> and uh, it was only in 2017 and that too for like half the season that they had Ferrari challenging them. So I think they've probably forgotten. Yeah, and the silly thing here is that despite being beaten so comprehensively in Bahrain and China, I still think that Mercedes are favorites for the season and something tells me that they will bounce back and when they do it will be even more lethal. Yeah, you know it's so funny because every time we're predicting our winners for the next race we always put Hamilton on top expecting <laughs> that he's going to bounce back and win and he hasn't till now which is probably why my predictor score is so low this season. <laughs> I'm also expecting Max Verstappen to bounce back soon and maybe could all as soon as Baku because he went and called the Chinese Grand Prix life changing. Well, I hope by that he doesn't mean a Kiwat style uh, life changing demotion to Toro Rosso. <laughs> nah, it's Max Verstappen we're talking about. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. He ain't going nowhere for the next 10 maybe 15 years or or let's see. But uh, I think Max Verstappen is uh, too impatient. He should have won in China. I'd have waited. He would have definitely won. And uh, I know he went all cool about never wanting a sports psychologist by his side, etc., etc. But in moments such as these, a sports psychologist is exactly who he wants. And mind you, this isn't about self belief or self doubt. This is about remaining patient. It's about waiting for your time to come. It's about what we call controlled aggression and calculated risks and. something i've i've learned during my days of working with a sports psychologist uh, it's about focusing on the process rather than the outcome so i know that a lot of top athletes work with sports psychologists and maybe max verstappen shouldn't be shy about working with one either Kunal, that's damn interesting. I also think that Max Verstappen's super immature drive proved exactly why Red Bull Racing needs Ricciardo, and crucially, not the other way around. It's damn interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know that in the long term, Max Verstappen would be the best bet, but I would say that in the short to medium term, it's actually Daniel Ricciardo that's delivering the results. And we keep saying in this era that it's all about the car. Formula One is all about the car, but Daniel Ricciardo proved yet again that how it is a driver that made all the difference in the race in China. I like how Ross Brown said that Max Verstappen should take overtaking lessons from Ricciardo. <laughs> <laughs> that would have hurt. <laughs> And let's put it this way that if Daniel Ricciardo leaves Red Bull Racing, uh after Verstappen they have Carlos Sainz Jr, Pierre Gasly and uh Brendan Hartley and let me put it this way that all of these drivers are currently work in progress let's see kunal because something tells me that ricciardo will definitely move to ferrari or mercedes silly season <laughs> well i i think i'm going to also quote what martin brundle said so he said that daniel ricciardo could replace lewis hamilton in mercedes in 2019 and that's because hamilton's contract is possibly not signed yet hamilton is probably become more expensive or too expensive for mercedes and it also has been like hamilton's been mentally absent in bahrain and china and you know how he is when he is all down and out like he's completely invisible in china he also said that he was like racing in no man's land or something yeah and he stopped inviting like important celebrities to the races <laughs> <laughs> so we don't really need him anymore 
<laughs> okay, bad joke. But honestly, with a brand like Mercedes, I think it would be great for them to have a driver like Ricciardo. You know, he's like serious and stuff, but he can still have fun. So. Why not? Yeah, and a podcast like ours also needs a Daniel Ricciardo on the show. You know, serious stuff, but having a lot of fun while we keep recording all the time. Come so. <laughs> on over, Daniel. We need you. Yes, and uh, we keep talking about Ricciardo, and we have to mention Red Bull Racing's teamwork in China. They assembled Ricciardo's car in qualifying in record time, and they pulled off two double stack pit stops. in a row in the race and the second one is where they actually ended up winning the race yeah it was amazing and they actually seemed far more agile in their racing strategy than ferrari and mercedes true and in china mercedes and ferrari had covered each other and they didn't bother about red bull racing so it was like two cats fight and the third one takes the the mice away yeah. or something like that <laughs> but one of the most audacious tweets that i read was that the uh, two toro rosso cars hit each other and brought out the safety car to help red bull racing win the race <laughs> well <laughs> i'm so glad that there are evil minds out there just like mine <laughs> <laughs> all of you conspiracy theorists <laughs> and i i have some i have stuff to say about mercedes uh our reigning world champions who haven't won the opening 3 rounds of the season or any of the opening 3 rounds of the season but we'll just wait and we'll leave it till uh, the what wolf said this week section which is going to come in the next few minutes oh my favorite section but first we're going to talk about liberty media and the future plans for the sport so moments before we entered the studio to record this show we read that they have proposed higher revving engines uh, abolishing the fuel flow rate and the treacherous mguh from 2021 so that's interesting yeah the more interesting part is that sergio marchioni issued a quit threat statement moments before the formula 1 powers met to discuss these very new rules and marchioni said something like formula 1 needs to be a sport and not a spectacle and i think there's a lot of irony in that statement because yeah. Here we have a sport which is un- which gives an unfair advantage to a select few so that they go and ruin the spectacle. So I'd still choose the spectacle of Formula One, and <laughs> I, I I see Ferrari leading that spectacle. Uh, but I'm sure by now everyone knows that Ferrari get a bonus for being the legacy team, and they're going to keep continuing to get one. That's for sure. But the moot question is, how much would this bonus be? And that's all going to be down to negotiations and i'm also sure that red bull racing and mercedes won't be too eager to let their bonuses go down to zero so basically the financials are still going to be a huge headache yes and there's a provision to pay engine manufacturers 10 million dollars every season and this is to offset their r&d costs and to keep the cost for customer teams lower and now i wonder if mclaren will consider building their own engines and under zack brown everything is possible McLaren said that 2018 Formula 1 car will debut in Barcelona and uh, that their car was delayed. So basically it seems like the McLaren Alonso uh, partnership is going down the Ferrari Alonso partnership route. All talk no speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Like they they said that they are way off their targets uh, for 2018 and They are happy getting double points but let's remember that they are nowhere close to where Red Bull Racing are and that's where they said they wanted to be. But 
it's it's so interesting how McLaren are using PR to remain relevant. That's so true, Kunal. Because yes, they've scored points in all the races this season, but their pace just isn't proportional to the number of PR stories they keep churning out about their performance. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for 2019, the driver and car weight will be separate. This means that heavier drivers won't be disadvantaged. Well, this means that at least my weight won't come in my way to become a Formula One driver. Yeah, for that. <laughs> 2019 will also allow extra race fuel, so hopefully there will be less fuel saving in the race and more racing. But Kunal, you know, I must admit that frankly, I feel that the safety car in China was just Liberty Media's way of making the race more exciting. Now, this is me getting into conspiracy theorist <laughs> mode, and this is stuff that NASCAR does openly, and we're doing it discreetly because we're. Formula One, but could be, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I know that there were debris on the racing line after the Gasly and Hartley crash, and it needed to be cleared. But let me put it this way: I won't be surprised if the safety car is triggered more often than not in the future races, just to neutralize the competition and bunch up the cars, because that's what eventually gives us unpredictability and different results. By the way, I have given up hope about Kimi Raikkonen winning a race. Yes, finally. <laughs> I doubt that Ferrari is ever going to let him win. And Kunal, you saw, they publicly ruined his race in China and it just seemed like they didn't want him to pit. It was so strange. And this is after publicly ruining 99 other races and that's why he's actually not won 100 yeah, odd races. <laughs> he's 100 races without a victory. That's 100 races where I've been hoping for a Kimi Raikkonen victory and I have been disappointed. I feel bad for him and myself. And you know, frankly, Vettel's swipe on Raikkonen in China, that cost Ferrari a damn good result. And mind you, that swipe was actually unnecessary. And uh, all Vettel could have done is let Raikkonen take the lead and then ask for team orders because that's how they play in Ferrari, right? Yes, guys, leave the swiping for Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking of victory, Lewis Hamilton has said that the World Drivers' Championship in 2018 will be very tough. Yeah, okay, so this leads us to the What Toto Wolf Said This Week section. Drum roll, please. <laughs> so in Bahrain... Toro Wolf said that it was too hot for the Mercedes tyres. And in China, he said that it was too cold. So basically, Mercedes has built a diva for 2018. Like their lead driver. 2018 <laughs> too, because 2018-17 yeah, was also yeah. a so-called diva. So Toro Wolf said that Lewis Hamilton could well race for Ferrari in the future. Now for a second, let's assume that this isn't a joke. And uh, let's also assume that Hamilton does go to Ferrari. And if he goes there and wins, he would end up doing what Michael Schumacher dreamed of doing all along, which is to win with both the marquee teams. But then again, will Lewis Hamilton actually be driving for Ferrari? I highly doubt that. And it's a very bad PR story from you, Toto. Yeah. And, you know, for 2019, uh, Toto Wolf threw up Carlos Sainz's name as a list of probables to replace Botas. He said that Sainz is talented and has a famous surname. A famous surname. That's yeah. probably what he meant first. But. Yeah. And it, it's really weird because if Sainz is under consideration, shouldn't maybe Nico Hulkenberg be under consideration too? Because Hulkenberg has blown apart Sainz in the first three races this season. Yeah, that's 22 points to Hulkenberg and 3 points to Sainz. Exactly. 
Yes, and uh, I believe that there are there could be reasons other than performance why Hulkenberg is being overlooked by both Ferrari and Mercedes, and I'd love to know what this reason is. But uh, I hope it's not the case of the missing podium because then it is pure silly. Or the case of the missing last name. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it would be pretty interesting for uh, Mercedes to have a German driver back in their fold. That too with a last name like the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> so as we look forward to round four in Baku, guys, uh, here's a big betting tip for everyone. Uh, Flavio Pretori said that Ferrari will win the title fight in 2018. So please go bet your money wisely and don't lose any more money on Formula <laughs> One. <laughs> okay, wait, but this is Flavio Pretori. So there's a good chance... that he is sending our bets down the wrong trail so be careful guys we are not endorsing any of these bets but on that note thank you so much for tuning in it's been a fantastic week for formula 1 and it's been fun to record this podcast we will now see you in the week before baku and honestly i have no clue who can win because it's baku yeah <laughs> adios <laughs>